Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this special podcast edition breakdown of this August series here at Hope Alive Church titled The Hood. We are talking about family. We're talking about motherhood, fatherhood, brotherhood, childhood, the parenthood, which I think is the scariest hood of them all. Um, I am joined by our incredible uh, pastoral team, which let me introduce uh, Pastor Martha, our family pastor here at Hope Alive Church. Hey, guys. And Pastor Andy, our Hope Kids pastor here at Hope Alive Church. How y'all doing? And last but not least, the man of the week who has shared some incredible messages that we're going to recap today, Pastor Brandon Leal, our In Focus student youth pastor. What is up? And we make up uh, the pastoral team here at Hope Alive Church. And um, I just thought it would be really cool to take 20, 30 minutes and break down um, what I think was some incredible messages Pastor Brandon shared um, this past Wednesday, um, a week ago, and then also this past weekend, this Sunday, which was an incredible uh, message, and he kind of kicked off our series. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we came up with this series, and Pastor Andy, you kind of led us into this series. You yeah. know, we began to create, yeah. you were kind of spearheading um, the whole idea of family, and just really quick, I mean, does this matching up kind of what you thought and what you had in your head? You were talking about parenting. You were talking about kids yeah. and th- stuff like that. And Pastor Brandon covered it this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're right on track with where my head was at the time, mm-hmm. for sure. I think there's a lot of these uh, a lot of these topics that we either don't talk about mm-hmm. or we just kind of brush over, like we don't talk about fully, right? Um, because yeah. some of the some of the topics are are difficult they're deep and yeah and uh they may hurt a little bit yeah well i think too the church has just done a good job about talking about the relationship between you and god but we don't really spend a lot of time talking about our relationship with people people god's kids yeah and we love god but some of his kids are bad by the way let me give a disclaimer we're in our church office and so you might hear the phone ring you might hear somebody actually walk in the room and yeah. have an issue, oh, and they don't know that we're recording this. So this is a real life, real life church staff right now during church hours. Yeah. We are working, yeah. but we're doing this because we want to break down. So Pastor Brennan, you're up. Take us into your thoughts behind the title of your two messages. Number one, uh, you talked you talked about leadership mm-hmm. and how the yeah. family needs leaders um break down where you were at and um what you thought about that yeah so um the title of that message was i need a leader and i didn't say it during the service but my thought process was because there's a point in time where i say that we need leaders and then at the end i wanted everybody to say i am a leader Mm -hmm. because i wanted to break it down in i need a leader is what our kids need like what students need and then I wanted to go into we need leaders because that is what um, families need. Like, mm-hmm. Not just like your own family, but a, like community of families, yes. like yeah. close family, friends. And then um, I wanted to go into I, I am a leader because I wanted parents to know that 
they are called to lead. So um, I talked about the story in First Samuel about mm-hmm. um, the priest Eli. Which I want to say is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I'm not just saying that. Really? I really like that story. Wow. I it's, really like that story. When I read it, it was it was crazy. Um, but not to go like all the way into it, but uh, just some quick summary. He was a high priest. He had some sons who were they, bad, bad. Yeah. They were pretty much taking advantage of the church, taking advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He also had like an extra son. Parents know a lot about extra kids like... Yeah. That they're not yours, but they're yours pretty much. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then how he still mentored him and how he was a man of God told him that pretty much he messed up. Like mm-hmm. You messed up as a father. Like he said, you care more about your sons more than you do about the calling on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that never stopped him from his calling and mentoring Samuel, who was that extra kid, and then um, raising him up. And there was a point in time where Samuel was getting called by God. And as a kid, you don't know, which disclaimer, both I told this to my wife and then I, I've dealt with it too, where I've been a kid and like, I think my mom calls me and I'm like, yeah, mom. And uh-huh. I used to get so annoyed when she'd say it cause she'd be like, I didn't call you. You should go pray. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't, <laughs> I do that to my kids too I'm, though. It, like you better make sure it's Jesus. No. And seriously. And there was times and, um, I used to get so annoyed, but even a couple, um, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was preparing for this message, uh-huh. Alizé. She she called me. She was like, "Yeah, you called me." And I was like, "I didn't say I didn't say anything to you. Like I've I've been quiet the whole no, time." No, I did not. And I had to show her the scripture, and I told her, "I said you need to genuinely go and sit." Um, and mm. so Eli Eli helped him through that. Yeah. Even though he failed as a biological father, um, as a father figure to his extra child, he still mentored for Samuel. And it yeah for Samuel. Mm-hmm. And I think it to me it, it really gave a testament that. A lot of times, parents are hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. I didn't go too much into it, but it says it that he he did try to reach out to his sons at the end. Mm-hmm. They're towards the end of his life and when he was getting old. But his sons still made a choice right. that, I mean, it ultimately that led to their death. Yeah. And he could could he have done more in the beginning? Absolutely, but he couldn't do nothing about it at that point. And yeah. a lot of times parents feel like if they fa- if they think that they failed their kids because their kids want to make dumb choices, they think they failed as a parent. And it doesn't disqualify the calling that God put on parents and leaders to mm-hmm. mentor people and lead people and be an influence to people mm-hmm. and to teach people. Um, just because it was your kids because they made some dumb choices doesn't mean that you're any less of a leader than called to. Or that you're a bad one. Or that you're a bad one. Yeah. Exactly. I had some... Um, I just want to say real quick, parenthood is an evolutionary process. Yeah. Because I feel like I am a better parent now than I was when I first became a parent, you know? And it's like yeah. you grow to being a better parent in a way. I mean, I heard someone, when I went through a hard time as a parent, they told me, like, you don't... They didn't give us no rule book for this. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage any parents that are listening that feel like all you do is fail or you, you're you not doing it right or um, maybe you have some kids or some circumstances that it's too far gone and now you feel like you can't go back and fix it. You legitimately screwed some things up. Yeah. Um, I've, I mean, this may be up for debate, but I, I've apologized to my kids. I think that's times, healthy. Oh yeah. For times that I 
really sucked and gave them a really bad example of a parent and a father and telling, you know, you said this Sunday, I don't want to get ahead of you, but, you know, just because I said so. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think there comes a time where you can explain. There's a time where you don't have, you don't need to explain in that very moment. Yeah. But there was too much of that, you know, that I I feel like I was exposed to. Just because of who I am, that's what we do. Yeah. And parenting is hard. Throughout this, throughout this message, because I don't have a, I don't have kids. Like I'm still young. And so, um, going through this, I felt a lot of empathy because coming from, and you may know some of this coming as from an oldest son, like there's a lot of things I've experienced. And on my wedding day, my mom apologized. Like she, she genuinely was like, I'm so sorry for everything I've put you through. And I think as kids, as not, not only as leaders, but as people who are being led, we have to have some form of empathy because like they said, my parents didn't have a rule book. The things that they did were all learned behaviors. Right. The only way that they parent, that they were parenting me, were how they were taught. Yeah. And so I couldn't, uh, I feel like a lot of people hold grudges against their leaders in their past. Mm. And I had to sit there and almost check myself and forgive them for the things because just because they may have done things that hurt me in the past and especially as a as the firstborn there was mm-hmm. so many fights in their life that i was a part of that to this day like stress me out at times really um it doesn't mean that they're any less of leaders no and they and sometimes we get jealous and i'm, I'm guilty of saying this and I, I do it jokingly but there's always some truth that i sit there and say like it's unfair that i grew up like this but my brother and sister grew up like that wow when in reality they didn't know any better yeah they, they learned with me. Right. And so it was it was something that I had to forgive them on that because But I think hard. it's also beautiful that your parent was able to come up to you and apologize because so often we make excuse whenever we as a parent have done something wrong, sometimes we make the excuse, Well, I didn't know better. Yeah. Or you don't validate that emotion or that situation that happened and then it almost um have y'all seen that TikTok where they're like, this is how parents apologize. They're like, come eat some dinner. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how to say sorry. You want to go to the store? You want to go get a toy? <laughs> <laughs> we got to eat real quick. It's true. And the fact that she was able to say that she was sorry, I think, helps in that forgiveness process because then they're able to, you know, take a step back and you're able to acknowledge that they acknowledge that they weren't perfect mm-hmm. and nobody's perfect. Even to your thing, Cliff, to be able to say you're sorry to the kids or feeling like you're doing better than you did before. Mm-hmm. We're all growing. We're all learning. And when we're young and the first kid definitely <laughs> is like we, trial and error. Yeah. Probably more error than. And I will say right then, nobody could tell me I was doing it wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody. I feel like everybody's. That, we first, say that. Time, that first time parent brain. Mm-hmm. It's for real. Different. It's yeah. a real and thing. you had a few kids, you look at people with it and you're like, you are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you, you are really you dumb. everything. Yeah. And. Yeah. You couldn't have pulled me off of that Mm-mm. that frame of thought. Somebody actually said that this past weekend. They, um, you know, it's something that we joke about. You know, they, mm-hmm. the kid was running around. He had um, um, sunscreen, mm. the spray kind, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had the like the nozzle of it, you know, in his mouth. Yeah, it was gross. That's disgusting. And so, but he did. He was running around with it, and I, his he, tongue is SPF one hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when kids put stuff in the no mouth, no sunscreen in out. the yeah. mouth. So he runs behind me, and uh, I get up and turn around and, and grab the bottle and take it away. 
and they're like, um, he's the third one. Like it's 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 fine. Oh he's, my gosh, you know, he's the they third can one. get away it's with okay. everything. And you know the the truth is, I I, I think we focus in on. Um, I think we focus in on the things that we overdid or did wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, but I think one of the things that we don't tend to really think of is how we overprotected. Mm-hmm. We, we, we over, we, we took away um, their experience, their experience, their, their adventurous, right? Yeah. Like, you know what we I mean? We put them in a bubble. We put them we in did. a bubble. We did. We took that away from them without realizing it, you know what I mean? Like, let them... Yeah. I say it now, and I, you know, most of the most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, I'm joking. But uh, I say it now. I'm like, let them fall. Like, yeah. Um, and I, and it's a true story. Like, don't don't go rushing to yeah. pick them up. Like, let them let them jump. You know, yeah. it may hurt a little bit, but they'll be. Or fine. I think even paying attention to when when they're younger, like if they're doing dangerous things, but they're doing it carefully, that's literally growing their brain yeah. to figure out things. I noticed, like with our oldest. I think sometimes he's afraid to try new things because he doesn't want to fail. And the fear of failure sometimes will hold people back from pursuing their dream or pursuing what they want to do because they don't want to look like... They don't want to look bad. They don't want to look bad. They don't want to fail. We've said it multiple times. Some of the biggest lessons learned are when you fall flat on your face. Absolutely. And when you sit there and you're on the floor and you're like, I don't know what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's me personally. And in this... And that's kind of how I went about this message, too. I kind of looked at it from a different perspective. Okay. Because I was almost, I was kind of like, not, I didn't think I shouldn't have done it, but I thought to myself, like, how is somebody who doesn't have kids going to talk about parenthood? How is somebody who doesn't have, and I hear, I've heard that all the time, like, you don't know what it's like. You don't have kids. My parents have told me that before. Not out of spite, but because in those moments we think so, but I looked at it from a perspective of the kid uh, and yeah. almost like the leaders that I needed as a kid. Mm-hmm. And and don't get me wrong, my parents were great parents and right. they still are great parents. But just like any other parent, there was things that they failed at that yeah. I sit there and I'm like and it wasn't until I fell flat on my face that I was like, I wish somebody could have mm-hmm. when I was young. And Good. a couple of my points I actually I had a lot, but a couple of them I, I talked about how we need present leaders. We need leaders who are present. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to put emphasis on just because you're there does not mean you're present. That's true. Like, I can you you can be there and go through the motions, and you're just as absent as if you didn't live yeah. in the same household. If you're sitting at the table and constantly on your phone, are you really yeah. having community? Yeah. If 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 work has all your attention, but you say, well, at least I come home every day. Like, you might as well just not. Yeah. Um, talk about how we need strong leaders. That is one that luckily I grew up in. My parents were were strong on me. They mm-hmm. were, and I'm talking like it was. They're strict with certain things. Right. Um, Obviously, like I talked about Wednesday, church attendance, going to church, all these things, and I'm grateful. But they were strong on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not allowed to quit stuff. Yeah. They would tell me, like, you're going to finish out. I remember when I first started playing football. I had, <laughs> It was seventh grade. Uh-huh. And I was struggling because I hadn't played sports. And so I was struggling. And, and I told them, and I thought to myself, like, I, I want to quit. It's a lot of running, Mom. And seriously, it was, and, and it, this wasn't like two months in this was after the second day i was like i can't do this yeah, this is not for me and they they sat down so and what they, i found out was I'm a they sat down man, and they Mom. told me they said at the end of the year if you want to quit you don't have to do it next year but you will finish this year yeah and if it wasn't for that like i played football all the way up until i was in high school because i learned to love it yeah but if they would have just let me quit in those moments there's so many things that i wouldn't have learned and um when you leaders who lead by example i think those ones are 
those ones are difficult because even nowadays when I see parents who actually explain things to their kids, yeah, part of my brain is wired to sit there and say, why are you explaining that? Like, you're the parent. What you say goes. When in reality, it's not because they we owe them an explanation. It's because we want to teach them why. We want to teach them like you need to be able to back up what you say. Yeah. Um, discerning leaders, leaders who listen to the voice of God rather than their parenting voice mm -hmm. or the things that they've learned. Those are important because same thing. Yeah, my, being God-led. Both my parents did not grow up the way I grew up. They didn't grow up in church. Right. And if they would have listened and done the things that they did when they were growing up, mm -hmm. I'd be on a totally different path. Now, I want to get to Sundays too. How did you, I'm trying to replace, remember, how did you land Wednesday night? So we call it landing, but you yeah. understand my point. Yeah, closing it out. So it actually, I bolded it. So I just talked about how leadership is not easy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it will, there will never be a point in time where leadership is easy. No. That's just not how it is. Um, but I really talked about how just because you're human doesn't disqualify your calling. Right. That's true. I didn't say it, but before Eli was a priest, he was a human. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was just a regular father, he was a regular guy. Mm hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of times people look at titles and they think even you've seen it before where as a pastor, they're like, well, this before you were a pastor, you were human. Mm -hmm. And also being a pastor doesn't mean that you are <laughs> free of sin. Exempt and that from you are, humanism. Yeah, like you are not this super big being because you're a pastor. You're still human and you'll still mess up. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell people that just because you're a leader and you mess up, that just makes it doesn't disqualify you it just makes you human yeah. mm -hmm. like everyone else yeah. and leaders at times have this thing where we don't want to tell people that we mess up mm -hmm. because we think it'll tarnish our leadership role mm -hmm. and it'll really like mess with how people look at us oh, yeah and stuff like that so also. it's good to be transparent yeah. yeah and vulnerable of course and to I, never stop trying to lead yeah i just want to say i i re I reached over your dad was sitting next to me and i reached over and told him wednesday night i was like P.S. Tears were in his eyes. Oh, yeah. Just so oh, proud. Yeah. So proud of you. Yeah. But I reached over and I just told him, I was like, I feel like if we would have learned some of this, I feel like if we would have been as blunt or learned as bluntly as you were saying some of it, mm -hmm. I don't remember the specific example you were given, but uh, especially as, as dads. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know. It's difficult being a dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, is. yeah. And we're going to learn. Some, I'm not saying it's not difficult being a mom, but I'm just saying from no, my perspective. No, there is. Yeah. We probably would have been better dads. Yeah. And he said I would have. Oh, yeah. I would have. I would have definitely been a better dad. So I know that you. I know that you made an impact on many. Definitely. Sunday. This past Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Though, I think. I mean, I think it was incredible. And Siblinghood. I, I said that. Said that two times based on the response yeah. that the church gave to that. And I'm talking just the ones that I could see. There was probably ten times more that you can't see. And I always remember mm -hmm. that when I'm trying to... I don't gauge my success by the response. But when the response is there, it is really encouraging. Mm -hmm. Because it proves that there was... Um, connection. Connection with the word. Yeah. You know, Sunday you talk about siblings and might think well you know i don't really like my siblings that much yeah but same you said spiritual siblings <laughs> when you not. really started talking about you know the person who we are on the inside as well you know 
powerful. Yeah. So that one was over the book of John chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And it was the story when Lazarus dies. And um, it really hit me hard because, again, I came from, I had siblings when I was growing up. And and I thought to myself, it was kind of hard to be a Mary. I actually put myself in Mary and Martha's shoes. Mm -hmm. Because as a sibling, I have sat there and I have told myself that I know exactly what is right for my siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. I've sat there and I've said, like, I know how they should live their life. I know how Mm -hmm. they can be successful. I know what they need to do to make it there. Mm. And there's been times where I've seen my siblings and um, I've almost wanted to control their life. Mm -hmm. Not many people talk about that. We talk about how there's, like, helicopter parents and there's helicopter adults, but there's also helicopter siblings. Mm. And I have not only lived that, but I've seen it firsthand where, Mm -hmm. um, like, I've seen, um, to be completely honest, like, my wife, like, there's times where she thinks that she knows best what's best. And none of that's with ill intention. It all We all mean well. Right. Because it worked for me. Mm-hmm. I can sit there and tell my siblings, this is how you need to do it. Because that's what worked for me. But that's not the plan that God has for their life. Mm-hmm. Their, their plan is 100% different than my plan. And it doesn't mean it's any less impactful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that my plan is any less qualified. But it just means that God has their own thing. So... Mm-hmm. I really put emphasis on the point where both Mary and Martha said, if you would have just been here, he wouldn't have died. And the whole time there was a whole plan that he wasn't just going to raise Lazarus from the dead for the sake of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He was going to raise it for the sake of the people who were there to see it happen. Yeah. I wonder if even what you were saying, how you resonated with Mary and Martha was with what happened with Sarai. Yeah. And two years ago, Sarai had a stroke and Mm -hmm. it was such, it was, it was so scary. Yeah. And I wonder how, if resonating with Mary and Martha, Mm. because why would God allow your sister to go through such a devastating thing? And they gave no hope at the very beginning and she couldn't talk. She couldn't, she couldn't communicate. And I remember one of y'all talking, you or Cliff or, or you, Brandon, when y'all were in there with the hospital, you could see the fear in her eyes, but she couldn't tell you that yeah. she was scared. Yeah. So one of the biggest points was that first day I was mm-hmm. in the hospital with her. Right. And they had this whole, and to be honest, I didn't think about it until now, but they had this whole thing where they had to airlift her to Dallas to right. Cooks. And the only reason I stayed behind was because I was the one who was going to get on the plane with her. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, they came in and they were like, oh, you can't get on the plane. Yeah. And I got mad. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I said, no, like, I'm not, like, I fought with them. I was like, I'm going to get on that plane. And they are like, you can't get on the plane. And I said, no, like, I need to be there with her. Yeah. And it wasn't until now that I realized, like, even me, like, I was like, like, I'm good at saying, and you know what? In the moment, I was good at being like, God's got her. Mm-hmm. Until they had to put her on a plane alone. And then I was like, no, I have to have her. Yeah. Wow. I have to have, and, um, and you know what I'm thinking right now, had she not herself been independent yeah. in that process, mm-hmm. you know, you remember how she was so determined to do things her so way. So determined. She, like, she hated when anybody else And it's her. almost like that God did this for her. Yeah. yeah. The plane ride. Yeah. 
because there was a sense of independence that was going to take for her relation her relationship with God. Her yeah. relationship with God, but her to be able to do stuff on her own. Absolutely. Without someone doing it. And I remember your mom one day saying, like, this girl's just stubborn. She wants to do it her way. Yeah. She wants to do it. She had and, like, fight in her. She had such fight yeah. to get better. Yeah. And truthfully, too, like, I can sit there and I can tell you 100% if I was on that plane, I would have been praying. I would have been talking to God. But... If it wasn't for me not going, she wouldn't have had to learn how to pray and talk to God and walk through that by herself. But like I said, my sibling instinct kicked in and I said, no, like I'm going to be there with her. I think that same anger that Mary must have felt, right? Like that frustration, like Jesus, where you at? You know, why didn't you come sooner? Yeah. It was the same. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I I just talked about siblings and nobody realized it. Like your sibling is, yes, you are a product of your parents. You are DNA of your parents, but. Your siblings, like, I see my siblings as me and another person. Yeah. And I think at times we we sit there and try to control our siblings because we love them so much. Mm-hmm. But we don't love them enough to send them off on their own and to let them walk their own walk. Yeah. yeah. And to do exactly what we talked about, sometimes fall flat on their face. I hate when I see them hurt. Yeah. In those moments, I hate it. But if it wasn't for those moments, they wouldn't have learned. That's how we yeah. all learned. It's I know that, that failure learned. thing again. That one was hard because even I talked with Alizé that night and she told me like there was times like there was times where she had issues with her own siblings Mm -hmm. and even as a sibling, those issues, they just get hidden. That doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt any less. And so even she told me like that was hard to hear and um, because it's hard to say. I kept thinking Sunday too, I have a brother and a sister and us kids, me and my brother were closer because of 14 years difference between me and my sister. Yeah. But we all went through some hard things together, but mm-hmm. we've all healed differently. Yeah. And I would dare even to say not all of us have healed all the way from everything. Mm-hmm. Some they've healed that I've still struggled with and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, letting what you said just a minute ago, letting them have their own walk and not being able to trying to control it for them, uh, I think is important you also said sunday about being spiritually dead yourself and yes, you talked yeah. about lazarus himself yeah so actually that was during the first service during worship i was sitting there and i was just thinking and yeah. i was praying before getting ready to go up yeah. and and it really dawned on me that I, I talked about mary and martha and jesus and spiritual and biological siblings and i never talked about the sibling in oneself mm-hmm. um because lazarus had his own battle like he was mm-hmm. dead and there's times where, as a sibling, me personally, like, I have been spiritually dead at times mm-hmm. where I don't, I don't want to live this life with them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to walk this walk with them. And um, I've seen myself push my family away and my siblings away when all they want is for me to be spiritually alive. I've seen them. I've seen myself push them away. And... I just thought to myself, like, there's so many people who are in the same shoes. I sit there and I say, I'm in Mary and Martha's shoes. I'm in the shoes of Jesus. But there's a lot of us that are in the shoes of Lazarus where we are sitting in a tomb, just dead. Mm-hmm. And our family is weeping and yelling and mourning us. And at times it's time for us to just stop being dead. Yeah, I think even then, like, there's this this resurrection that we get to experience when we accept Christ, right? Salvation. It is a resurrection in itself, right? 
And Jesus is calling us to come out, but it took Lazarus' desire to come out, right? Well, I mean, God's power, but the action that it took for Lazarus when he said, Lazarus, come out, Mm. Lazarus had to, right? He had to take those steps to fulfill the the completed work. Yeah, I think it's worth noting real quick that there's guilt that comes along Mm -hmm. with having to sit back and and watch oh yeah because there's a point where you know you know you have brothers and sisters and there's a point where you have to step back and and let what's going to happen happen yeah and that doesn't mean that you um that doesn't mean that you you're numb to it all right like it hurts to watch and it it hurts to hear oh they're going through this and they're they're going through that and there's feelings that come along with that i just want to encourage somebody that's currently watching that right now like yeah. there, there is another side to it yeah. and, and you're coming to it it may seem slow but the season will pass you'll yep. get there when i talked about it i said a lot of us at times when we see it not when we see resurrection not happen on our time mm. we start to doubt mm. not only doubt god but doubt ourselves and we say i didn't pray hard enough mm. i didn't fast enough mm-hmm. i didn't scream loud enough or God doesn't love me. But God doesn't love me enough because I don't do, and it almost goes back to the leadership thing. That's not true. Yeah. There's always a plan and a purpose behind everything, and um, I I actually, sorry, I actually, I actually saw. So there was a point in time where this, there was a a student who passed away. She wasn't a student. She had graduated already, but she passed away in a car crash. Um, This was last year or two years ago, and I remember talking to. Alize about it and her mom said something that really she says the the death of this girl doesn't hurt any less but it was whenever they had a walk in a prayer service and she told her she says but look at how many people came to see and hear about the good news of god mm-hmm. just because that she passed away yeah and it's and it's not none of it's ever in vain mm-hmm. yeah it's always there's always a purpose well what jesus said to mary and, or martha when he said i'm glad i wasn't here because yeah, he then he was disciples Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said Because it. then he was able to show his power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many people truly, when someone passes away, come to knowing Jesus because of the grief that they're experiencing? Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of Johnny and Eric right now. And they may be listening, but people like that. I've met so many people mm-hmm. through funerals. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. time our, my path crossed with them was at a funeral. I'm fixing to leave here in an hour and go do a funeral. Just yeah. a funeral home call. And, but I did the same thing the day I met Johnny and Eric. They were in a funeral service of somebody. I just went to go do the funeral. Yeah. And from that funeral, we were talking last week about just their leadership and just their commitment and their faithfulness and how blessed we are at Hope Alive to have them. Happened through a funeral. Yeah. Through someone else's life that was taken. It was not a, it was not a good thing. It was a, yeah. it was taken. Yeah. Um, they came to know God. They found sobriety. They found, I'm not trying to tell their business, but that's, that's something they'll say. Yeah. Sure. They, no, yeah. they came to sobriety. They came to a lot of things simply through a message of, over someone's death. And so yeah. God can use all those circumstances. Yeah. It's Just some, something hard. that hit really, and that won't take long, but something that hit real hard whenever you were speaking was verse 44 said, the, den, the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen stripes strips and his face wrapped in a cloth and jesus said to them unwrap him and let him go and i think it's so important to have a good community around you because jesus didn't 
Jesus resurrected him, and then the surroundings of people is so important because he told the people that were around him to let him go and loose, yeah, to loosen him. I think that's why this is this is great because when you said that Sunday, I had never like I literally read that story. Okay, well I can't take credit. I did. I said that on me right before I walked up. You said came up for prayer and she didn't get to go up. was bringing her up to say it herself. You yeah. said that she said it, so I knew yeah. you said it, but because I read that story ten times, yeah. like I read it over and over and over. I just and I was love looking, how the word is alive. And I like never caught that. Yeah, and it makes and it made so much. It was so true. It made yeah. so I much even sense. Add that the whole Sarai thing today, like it's just like. Yeah, that hit me just right now too. In yeah. even more perspective. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure we all have those same similar things with siblings. So. Yeah. Well, um, Martha is up. I'm up. Tomorrow night. This is this is uh, this Wednesday, and then Sunday. She. Do you have any uh, tidbits that you can? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be talking out? about protecting borders, and uh, we're talking about motherhood, and I think it'll still go into fatherhood. It's parenting. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about how. Um, the positive things of mothers, sometimes when, you know, our natural self gets in the way, the toxicity of mothers, um, and how we can truly, you know, live, um, and be a, a, a God-led parent. Um, can you tie in smothering with mothering? <laughs> smothering. I mean, uh, it's kind of in there, but I'm going to add that note now that she said that. And then Sunday we're talking about childhood. We're all God's children. I don't remember the title of my message. Wonderfully made. How we're all wonderfully made by God. Um, how how we um, so much of our day to day actions and behaviors is because of how we learn things in childhood, and how to you know um, walk through it. Walk through it. Yeah. So I want to throw out an invite in these last few seconds. I want to throw in an invite to. You maybe you miss Sunday or Wednesday of Pastor Brandon. You have a chance now to be involved from now on. All the month of August, we're going to be talking about families. And so every single service, Pastor Martha is going to bring the next few uh, services, the word. Um, but we're making a specific call for you, for healing in your family. Your family is not too far lost, not too far gone. Mm-mm. Your family's not too bad, too wicked. Um, too broken for God to heal. If he's done it for every one of us, and I think he's, he's done it for every one of our families here, he can do it for your family Absolutely. too. We're no different. We're not special. We simply uh, are standing and unified on this because we want to work as a team, one vision. Here's the cool thing that a lot of people don't know. While we're doing this in our adults, our teenagers are doing this in yeah. youth. Our kids are doing this in kids. They're talking about families. Uh, every single department, you know, we're trying to keep this same theme. So while our adults are learning to be better parents, our kids are learning how to honor their parents and they're learning how to respect their parents. They're learning all these type of things and, mm-hmm. and how to how to be bold and how to speak up. So this is my last call. You're listening to this. Make sure that you're with us. Make sure you come and join us Sundays, 10 a.m. or 12 p.m. Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. You can find the stream live, but they're taken down pretty quick. So make sure you join us any last words anybody i just want to say there it is not by accident that you are in your family god orchestrated that he knew what was in you to not necessarily be the salvation of your family but to to be a light light. yeah Yeah. i I i said this sunday i mean no i said this wednesday but 
any any part of your family that you're in, it is just how you said it's not by accident. You mm-hmm. if you are qualified Good. and the the evidence of that is that you have a family. Yeah. And that you're part of that. So Amen. Cool. Well, that's it. Thanks for joining us for this breakdown. We're going to do this again next week so you can hear what's going on. But uh, make sure you're with us in the next few services. Have a great day. We love you. Bye. Keep up alive. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.